Bibles out, Matthew chapter number 8, and I've had several conversations today with uh, different people, and this message was already done. God's already gave me this message. So if you talk to me today, <laughs> this is not directed at you. Uh, and so uh, with that, just uh, uh, I say that because we are, we find ourselves in the same place the disciples have found themselves in over and over again. Have you ever noticed that life has problems? Absolutely. Uh, pro- there are problems, and it doesn't matter at what level of life we are in. There are problems on the playground. There are problems in the classroom. There are problems in family, problems in relationships. There are problems uh, in the workplace. There are problems uh, in dating. There's problems in marriage. There's problems that we will face with health. Uh, There will be problems that we face in our faith, uh, hope, ministry, church, people. There are problems. We better figure out how to work through it. Because no matter where we're at, we're still going to have problems. And if we're going to choose life, someone said life is hard. Choose which hard. Marriage is hard. Divorce is hard. You choose which one. Faith is hard. Doubt is hard. Choose which one. And so many areas of life, it's that way. And so life brings problems. Turn on the news and there are problems. There are problems in Ukraine and in Russia. You know what? There are good people on both sides. And they didn't cause the problem. But they are having to deal with it. Israel. The enemies of Israel, there's good and evil on both sides. Everything in Israel is not right. Is there problems in Israel? Sure, just like there's problems in America. And so when we look at our context of Scripture, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we have what's called the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Matthew chapter 7, keep your Bibles open, we're going to look at a lot of verses tonight. Matthew chapter 7, and look with me at verse number 28. Matthew 7 and verse 28, and it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So he's finished up this message, uh, these teachings, and the people were just uh, amazed at what he had taught. So the Lord and his disciples now, they've finished this uh, Sermon on the Mount, they're up there with the people, and, and now they're coming back down. Look at verse Uh, one of chapter number eight. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Uh, And so uh, here they were, they were up on the mountain and the Lord's teaching and it is all good. But you come down off the mountain, where do you go? Into a valley. 
And now as they're going into a valley, there's multitudes that are following him, uh, following them. But you know what we find? We find that there are problems that are waiting for them when they get there. Look at verse number two, Matthew chapter eight, verse two. And behold, there came a leper and worshiped him saying, Lord, if thou wilt, uh, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. So here the Lord and the disciples are coming down. And the first thing they meet is now they meet someone that has a health need, leprosy. Uh, and what a terrible disease leprosy is. And, uh, and the body is literally rotting and decaying uh, on the person as they're alive. And the disease will just kill them uh, from that, that uh, uh, infection there. So uh, we see the leper, and then look at verse number uh, five. We find that the centurion servant, uh, he was sick. Uh, and so when Jesus was entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. And so uh, we know that the Lord doesn't end up going uh, because of the centurion's faith. He had not uh, seen such great faith even in Israel. And so he spoke the word and the man was healed from that very hour. Uh, so, so here we just have a little bit of time. They come down off the mount, this time of instruction, this time of teaching, and now they're engaged in ministry. It's one thing to teach, it's another thing to be involved. And now all of a sudden we went from the learning, the listening, now we are engaged in real life problems that people have. People have real problems. And just because we're saved does not mean that we don't have real problems. I don't like the word issues. But the reality is we all have issues. There are things that are going on in our life. And so different things. And there might be seasons where we're on the mountaintop uh, and seasons where uh, everything is just good. And then there's times that we're in the valley. But we see here, uh, he's already met a leper. He's already had to heal somebody. Uh, look at verse number 14. And now we have another miracle coming. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Bite my tongue. Uh, most mother-in-laws are sick. Uh, but <laughs> uh, and so anyway, uh, this mother-in-law uh, is sick, and Jesus still was good. He healed her. Uh, Peter's mother-in-law uh, was sick here, and so uh, his wife's mother was sick, and the mother-in-law there, so he touched her hand, and the feet of her left her. We see that in verse 14 and 15. And then we have great multitudes, verse 18. And now when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave commandment to depart unto the other side. And so there was just problem after problem after problem after problem. Now he's telling the disciples, okay, we're going to get into a ship. We're going to the other side. And then uh, look at verse number 19. Before they could even get in the boat, and a certain scribe came and said unto him, Master, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. 
And you know, then uh, the Lord said, foxes have holes, son of man hath not where to lay his head. And, uh, and so uh, we find here that uh, the Lord does not, uh, this, this disciple does not follow. Uh, then in verse number 19, the scribe, uh, he said that uh, he would follow, but uh, he doesn't. That disciple departs. Uh, verse number 21, and another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, first uh, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, follow me and let the dead bury their dead. And so we just see problem after problem after problem. And then Jesus and his disciples were inundated with these real problems that the people dealt with one after another, after another, after another. I am sure that the disciples were physically mentally, spiritually, and even socially drained. Have you ever been to the place you just didn't want to see anybody? I'm sure that's exactly where these disciples were at. It just kept coming at them over and over and over again. They wanted peace. They wanted rest. And they may have even wanted out. The Lord gets them on a ship. They get on a ship. And let's look at verse number 23. It says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him, and behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. You know what they were saying? Lord, help. Lord, help. You know, we get to a place where we don't have anywhere else to go. We have him to go to. Lord, help. All of us will come to the end of ourself. We will all come to the end of ourself. All of us will come to the end of our abilities. We will come to the end of our strength. We will come to the end of our ability uh, to give. And, uh, and with that, these disciples, they found themselves after dealing with uh, the issues of people over and over again, the Lord says, uh, I'm going to take you and we're going to get in a ship and we're going to be there together. Amen. You know, when we're with the Lord, it's all good. Or is it? It is good. But it does not mean that the circumstances will be good. It does not mean that the, the stimulus from the outside will be good. So tonight we're going to look at that. Lord, help. Lord, help help. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help me to help your people. Uh, Lord, I love these people. I pray that you would help all of us. Uh, as we look into your word, may we gain strength. May we gain, gain some tools to help us uh, as we deal with the pressures and problems uh, of life. And so uh, may we be strengthened tonight, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. So first of all, I want you to see that we can find peace 
in the storm. Peace in the storm. There's peace uh, in the storm. Here, when we look at Matthew uh, and Ma- Matthew chapter eight, we find these disciples. Uh, they they are following the Lord, and disciples do follow the Lord. Amen. Disciples follow the Lord. And that's exactly what they're supposed to do. Uh, the disciples, disciples don't tell the Lord uh, what they're going to do. They don't tell the Lord what's good. They don't tell the Lord what's bad. They don't tell the Lord what's acceptable. They just submit to the Lord and follow the Lord. That's what a disciple does. Uh, they are going to be the disciplined ones. They are following. And so disciples follow. The Lord led them to a place that was uncomfortable. Have you ever been uncomfortable? Have you ever been uncomfortable serving God? Absolutely. But that is, that is a reality that we see. We would think, well, uh, if I am right where the Lord wants me to be, uh, doing what the Lord wants me to do, then it's all going to be easy or it's all going to be comfortable. It's all going to be smooth sailing. And that's not a reality. It is not the reality. So here we see that the Lord led them to a place that was uncomfortable. The Lord led them to a place of fear. Wow. He led them into a position where they couldn't handle it. You know, when we can't handle it, fear raises up. When we, when we lose control, that's when fear comes. Now, my mom, when I was uh, drive, learning to drive, uh, and we would have uh, snow, Washington, we'd have snow and ice and whatnot, and uh, we lived south of town, and we were, our elevation was higher, so we would get it a lot more than in Tacoma. Uh, and so uh, with that, uh, you, would, you would end up hitting snow, you'd hit black ice, and um, and so when, when you hit the ice and you start to slide, you're supposed to turn into the, uh, into the slide and, and it helps correct you, get you straightened back out. Uh, it is very counterintuitive. Uh, and so, but you, you just know what you're supposed to do. You turn into the slide, it straightens you back up and you're fine. My mom's idea of how to handle black ice was you let go of the steering wheel. And she never got in a wreck doing it. I just have no idea how that uh, was the case. But she would just let go. You know what? In our spiritual life, we have to learn how to let go. God's got it. Do we believe that? You see, he, even in a storm, he led them to a place of fear. He led them into a position where they couldn't do anything about it. He led them to a place where they had to trust him. They had to trust him. Let me tell you, that's an uncomfortable place. It is an uncomfortable place where you are put in a spot where you can't do anything about the situation that you're in except trust God. Hebrews 11:6 But without faith it is what impossible to please him. But without faith 
Let's read that together. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Do we believe that? We believe that. Okay, so if that's the case, then that means that, that he is going to put us in places that we have to trust him. I'm not going to do it. It would hurt. All right. But those places are not easy places to be in. But that's when we learn to trust him. You know, when everything's going good, we don't really grow in faith. You know when we grow? When we have nowhere else to turn. Amen. And when we can come to God and say, Lord, I don't know how we're going to get out of this. I don't know about you, but when I pray, I put us both in the same boat. (laughs) Because that's how he has showed us about this thing called faith. He is going to correct them and then he is going to say, oh, ye of little faith. You see, he leads us into a place that is uncomfortable. But unlike Jonah, these disciples were in a storm, not because of disobedience. They were in a storm because of obedience. Can we go through a storm and God be still in control? Amen. We can. You know, when storms come and we're feeling like, oh no, I got to get this right, that's called chastening. But when we're in a storm, and it isn't because we are being defiant or disobedient to God, now there's a learning lesson here. This is an opportunity of growth. It's an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, uh, I I know uh, you are in control and I want to follow you. I want to take steps in accordance to your plan. Uh, So, Lord, help me to trust you. And that's exactly where these disciples found themselves in this storm. Uh, They were were in this storm. Uh, Look at verse number 24, Matthew 8, 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea. A great tempest. These guys were fishermen. They weren't weren't afraid just of the normal storms. They weren't afraid of uh, just some waves that were going on. This was was a storm that uh, the water was coming over the ship. And uh, and so uh, it says, Behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. The Lord was asleep. Now, was God going to let Christ drown? Talk to me. No, absolutely not. He was not. That, should, that in itself should have given them confidence. You know, we, we are in such a better position than they were. They didn't have this, this story. 
They didn't have these events to look at and to see the character of God and the actions of how God uh, had, had, uh, uh, was going to act. And, and we look at this and that gives us insight into who God is and how to deal with the issues of life. Uh, and so here, these disciples, they found themselves in that spot, verse 25, and his disciples came to him and awoke him saying, Lord, save us, we perish. We perish. Now, these disciples, they were, they were sure that it was all going to be over. They, they figured that their life uh, was going to end. Uh, and verse 26, and he saith unto them, Why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Now, When we go through struggles and storms, the last thing we want somebody to tell us is we've got no faith. When you're right in the middle of what all's going on, the last thing you want to say is grow in your faith. Grow up. How many of you would like that? I would not like that. (laughs) No, but that's exactly what the Lord does. He, He brings it back to foundation. He brings it back to trust. Who are we trusting? Who are we trusting in our own life? Who is it that we are trusting? You see, uh, peace can be uh, in the midst of a storm. Uh, they, they cried out to the Lord, Lord, help. Uh, uh, Lord, save us. And the difference here was not the situation. The difference was faith, trust, and confidence in who Christ was. And that's where we have to be. You see, Jesus was asleep. He had absolute peace. The disciples were fearful. They did not. And what was that? That, that overwhelming fear that they were facing, it all came back. The Lord just tied it all right back to trust, that faith, that confidence. You see, we can have peace in a storm. But peace in a storm will only come by faith. Now, what is it that your storm is? You say, well, I need this, 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 and this, and that might be a reality. But with that, the Lord can give peace. With that, the Lord can give peace. He can give peace in our storm. He can give peace in our situation. He knows exactly where we're at. Peace in the trials of life is available to each of us as we keep our eyes on the Savior. It's available. It doesn't mean that we will avail ourselves. There are times where I have not availed myself of the peace that God would have given to me. Uh, And here, the peace and trials, it's available to us. Uh, We follow by faith. We serve by faith. We trust by faith. So peace in a storm. Notice they go from the mountain to the valley, which equals the problems of people to a storm And now they're going to get through this storm and get to a shore. Finally, 
Nope. Look at verse number 28. Verse number 28. And when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fear, so that no man might pass by that way. Think of it. All right, we're, we, we just had all these problems. We just had to help all these people. We get into a ship to get to the other side. We're going to have some downtime. We're going to have some peace. We're going to have some recovery. And then we get into the ship, and there's a storm. Now we get to the other side. And you know who's waiting for him? Satan. We can have peace in a storm. Number two, we can have peace from Satan. Think about it. You step off of the boat, you hit the shore, and two maniacs are there. Two of them. Two demon-possessed individuals. Wow. Anybody interested in meeting those guys? Now, I'm, I'm looking forward to meeting them in heaven. But I wouldn't have been ex- excited about seeing them right then. I mean, they're, they're just getting out of this, this massive storm. They're fearful. They get their feet on dry ground, and here they come. No reprieve. Sometimes the storms in life, they just come one after another, after another, after another. Problems come one after another, after another. But you know what we find? We're not the only one. Amen. That's good for us to know. It's good for us to know that we're not the only one carrying that load. We're not the only one that has been through uh, the problems. And when, when the Lord has given us these examples in life, he has given it to us so, so we can see and observe how they responded, how they responded right, how they responded wrong, how, what the expectation was of them, how they can learn from it. And so we see here, first, peace in the storm. Secondly, we see peace from Satan. Verse 28, and when he has come to the other side into the country of the Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce, that, so that no man might pass by that way. And behold, they cried out, saying, What have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God? Art thou come hither to torment us before the time? And there was a good way off from them, and heard of many swine feeding. And the devils besought him, saying, If thou, canst, if thou cast us out, suffer us to go away into the herd of swine. And he said unto them, Go. And when they were come out, they went into the herd of swine, and behold, the whole herd of swine ran violently down a steep place into the sea and perished in the waters. And they that kept them fled and went their way into the city and told everything and what was befallen the possessed of the devils. You know, they got out of the boat and stepped right into spiritual warfare. We are in spiritual warfare. We might not recognize our storm as spiritual warfare, but it is. 
We are, we are in spiritual warfare. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. We are in spiritual warfare. If you are a child of God, like it or not, you're in spiritual warfare. Put the armor on. Put the armor on. Why? Because we're in warfare. And we're, we can't be too busy to put the, the armor on. Well, I've got so much to do, I don't have time for that. No, you don't have time not to put the armor on. We have got to recognize that we are in a spiritual war. And with that, uh, we have an enemy. These demon-possessed uh, men were there. And these, were, uh, these are not just somebody that I thought was demon-possessed. These are confirmed demon-possessed individuals. This was real. These individuals... Their, their, their possession, the evilness. The Bible says that no man could pass by that way. They had, they had control over an area. And the Lord landed the boat right in enemy territory. Why? Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. We've got, to, we've got to realize that there's peace even in spiritual warfare. Satan, he is a destroyer. Uh, this was frontline uh, battle that was going on. And the devil as a destroyer, he wants to destroy. He wants to destroy your life. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your influence for the cause of Christ. And if he can get us off track, he wins. If he can get us disenchanted, he wins. He, he is a destroyer. So, so how do we deal with this? Not only is he a destroyer, he is a thief. Not only will he kill, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly, John 10, 10. And so he wants to rob us though. He wants to destroy, but he also wants to rob. Uh, he is a thief. He wants to rob you of your joy. When you find yourself losing your joy, realize that's spiritual warfare. The devil's after your smile. The devil is after your joy. The devil is after your fulfillment. You know what? He's, he's attacking those that are doing something. And so with that, we see how he is attacking. He wants us not to have joy. He wants to steal our joy. He wants to steal our fulfillment. He wants to steal your contentment. And he wants to steal your faith. The battle is real. We can be right, I mean, here we are in the middle of church. 
But as I'm looking out, I'm seeing people thinking through what's going on in my life right now. And the reality is, the devil's on a mission. And he hasn't let up. And he's not going to. The Lord said, but I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That means that we can have the abundant life. What does abundant look like? Abundant. The abundant life is a life of blessing. Amen? It's a life of blessing. And there is blessing in serving the Lord. Are there, are there burdens in serving the Lord? Absolutely. Are there struggles? Yes. Are there times where we can become overwhelmed or exhausted? Yes, that is true. But the Lord came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. He doesn't just want us to survive. He does want us to thrive. He wants us to enjoy the life. That abundant life is a life of blessing. It's not a life without struggles. It's not a life without trials. It's not a life without battles. But the abundant life is a life where there's peace. There's a life where there's peace. Satan robbed these individuals of their sanity he, he robbed them of their self-control. He robbed them of their self-respect. He left them broken and he left them bitter. The devil's a thief. And he will just take and take and take. Now, Jesus, though, he brought peace. These individuals came to him in worse condition than any of us. That encourages me. It encourages me when I see that God can take somebody in worse shape than me and turn them around. The Apostle Paul, he encourages me. Why? Because, man, I've not, I've not killed anybody. I wasn't a persecutor of the church and the Lord turned him around. Well, if the Lord can handle that, he can, he can, he can help us. If he can take a demon-possessed individual, we're not talking about just somebody that's under the influence of Satan. We're talking about somebody possessed by Satan. If he can... Help them, he can help us. But Jesus brought peace. Look again, Matthew 8, verse 26. Matthew 8, 26. It says, And they arrived at the country of the Gadarenes, which is over against Galilee. Luke 
8.26. And when he went forth to land, there met him out of the city a certain man, which had devils long time and wore no clothes, neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. And he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of God most high? I beseech thee, torment me not. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oftentimes it had caught him, and he was kept bound with chains and in fetters, and he brake the bands and was driven of the devil into the wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not, uh, not command them to go out into the deep. But there was an herd of many swine feeding uh, on the mountain, and they besought him that he would suffer him them to enter into them, and he suffered them. And he went, then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the lake and were choked. And when, the, uh, when they that fed them saw what was done, they fled and went and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed in his, in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know what Jesus does? He brings peace to brokenness. Peace brokenness. There is peace available for all of us. We can have that peace, peace in the midst of the storm. We can have peace, peace from the attacks of Satan. But then thirdly, I want you to see that we can have peace from sin. Peace from sin. Uh, Go to Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 1. Matthew 9, 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And behold, a certain of the scribes said within themselves, This man blasphemeth. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Whether is it easy to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk? But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. Then saith he to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up thy bed, and go into thine house. And he arose and departed to his house. But when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God, which had given such power unto men. Now, here we have Jesus healing an individual. It is just one situation after another. But you know what we find? We find that this individual was there and he was sick. He was born of four. There were four friends that brought him to Christ. And here when we look at this, we think, well, Jesus is just going to heal somebody. But Jesus didn't start with that. Jesus started with the sin issue. You know what sin will do? Sin will rob you of your peace. Sin of omission will rob you of your peace. Sin of commission will rob you of your peace. Now, 
The Bible doesn't say that this man was in this health condition because of sin. But there was sin that needed to be dealt with. And the Lord here dealt with this sin uh, with these individuals. Uh, with this individual, we find we have people bringing others to Jesus to be healed. Uh, and we see faith and victory come together. But verse number two, it shows us, uh, he said, son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Forgiveness brings peace. Forgiveness brings peace. You know, we can lose our peace for many reasons. There might be things that we have allowed into our life. Maybe we allow a thought process into our life. But what do we find? We find the Lord, he's going to heal the person of their sickness But before he deals with that, he says, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. And peace, it comes with keeping short sin accounts. Take your Bibles, go to to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse number one. Let's read that together. Romans chapter five, verse one. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen. Romans chapter five, verse one. All right, maybe it's not there. Romans five, one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's read that again. You ready? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace. Peace. When we don't have peace, there's something that has robbed us of it. We got to figure it out. What are the tools? Well, we can look at it and we can see Jesus said right off the bat, the storm, little faith. Ugh. That's sort of a, it's almost like getting punched in the gut. Don't have any peace. We're fearful. Little faith. We find ourselves in a spiritual warfare. Put on the armor. Satan's after us. We better recognize it. Know what's going on. Say, Pastor, my faith is strong. Okay, if it's not the faith, then there's a battle. There's an enemy. Make sure we identify who the enemy is. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. That means that person that you're upset with. That individual that you're frustrated with. It's not them. There's an evil one. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. 
but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So, so we have to realize if I've lost my peace, that either I'm not trusting the Lord, I'm in a spiritual battle, and I better make sure that I'm putting my armor on, and I'm recognizing who the enemy is, or it could be that there is sin in my life. Sin of omission, sin of commission. Because forgiveness of sin, it brings peace. It brings peace. Now, say, Pastor, why are we going over this? These are some tools. We got to figure ourselves out. But we can't lean. The Bible tells us, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. This next part's the hard part. And lean not until thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. God's got it figured out. He knew exactly what was going to happen when they got onto the ship. He knew exactly at what point they were going to get out of the boat on the shore. He knew exactly what was going to transpire. And he gives us his word. Why? So we can know how to deal with the issues that we're facing in life. These principles are here to help us. Lord, help. Lord, help. And he will. We can testify so many over and over again. We can testify how good God has been in the past. Amen? But if we're not careful, we'll forget the past and only look at the present. And when we lose the blessings of the past and the confidence of who God was then, we will feel abandoned right now. And you know what he'll rob from us? Our joy now and our future. It's bigger than just us. The battle isn't just about us. You know what the battle was about? It's about those little kids that were sitting right down here. You know what the battle is about? It's about those thousands of people that are hearing the gospel and getting saved. There is, it is white under harvest down in Mexico right now. And people are open to the gospel. The 1040 window over and over again, you hear mission stories about how people in the Philippines are, are being saved. Uh, the Philippines now have surpassed America in sending out missionaries. The Philippines now is number one mission-sending nation. You know where they're sending them? To America. You know why? Because we have forgot God. We sent the missionaries there. People have received the gospel. And now they're coming back. Praise the Lord for that. But we can have peace, peace from the storm, peace in the storm, peace from Satan, and peace from sin. You know, the mission is not entertainment. 
These disciples, it was a lot bigger than what they probably planned. I mean, you see the Lord heal? Follow me? Man, this is all going to be good. But everything wasn't good. But God could take it and make it good. So the storms come. Forgiveness, we see how it brings peace. I remember when I got saved, 14 years old, did not grow up in church, never sat in a Sunday school class. One, one preaching service, except for when I was about 10 and they were speaking in tongues and we just sat there and laughed all through the service and got flipped in the back of the head. Uh, and so, uh, so those are, that was my whole understanding about church. But that Sunday night when I got saved, mom and dad, my sister got saved Sunday morning. I got saved that Sunday night. We were driving home. And mom had uh, pops pull into the Kmart parking lot. And we pulled into the Kmart parking lot. And he just wasn't, wasn't getting into a stall. He just found a spot over there in the middle of the open area of the, the lot. And he pulls over and mom's in the front seat, turns around, looks at me and says, how do you feel? I told her, I said, I don't know, but I feel like something's gone. No classes on justification and salvation. Nobody telling me about a sin debt. But it was gone. There was a weight that I knew was gone. You know, peace. Having things right with God, it just brings peace. Nothing can take that away. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It might not be the sin uh, because of needing salvation, but it might be sin of things that we have allowed into our life. And it's robbed us of our joy. It's robbed us of that peace. And we can have it back. But we've got to come back to him. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness. And uh, Lord, I love these people. I want you to, uh, them to enjoy the blessings you have for us. And the devil is real and he is fighting. He wants to destroy. He wants to rob. And I pray that you'd help us uh, to do what we can uh, as we fight these spiritual battles. And so uh, give us insight, give us faith. And then Lord, we pray that you would give forgiveness as needed and help us as we serve you. Speak to hearts for Christ's sake. Amen. Let's stand together.